0: Anytime now. Oh, are you waiting on me?
1: <laughs> yes, I
0: am. Am I bringing it in? Oh, I'm uh, it's your
1: book. It you got the book.
0: All right. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Here we go.
1: And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it!
0: Jeremy uh,
1: what's
2: in the box? Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner, now
1: apply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere up to go. I got nowhere
0: up go. I got nothing else. Hello and welcome to Back to the Bins. My name is Scott Gardner and I'm joined as always by my very good friends, Paul the producer Spataro. Hi. And Dr. Bill Robinson.
2: My mule don't like it when you laugh.
0: so this time around we are
1: uh, it's a funny (laughs) feeling you're laughing at him
0: (laughs) so this time around we are diving back into some material that was sent to us by the nice folks at TKO and uh, we're going to look at the next one in our stack of nice stuff that they sent to us called The Seven Deadly Sins
1: and before we get into the book I just want to once again say if you have interest in the book we're covering today or any book from TKO, and you wish to order them uh, at checkout, put in the code B A C K, the number two, B I N S, the number two zero, and get a 20% off coupon. That is all. And if you missed that,
2: we're going to say we're going to say it at the end of the show, but at the end of the last show, we forgot to say that. <laughs> But
1: I'll be putting it. I'll be putting it on the Facebook page on the day this airs, anyway. Yeah. Cool.
0: All right, so we're gonna jump right into this one. The Seven Deadly Sins is a six-part tale of blood and vengeance in the Old West, written by Z Chun, with art by, and I sure hope I'm not butchering this name, um, Artium Trakanov Tr- and Julia Brusco that tells the story of seven disparate condemned outlaws, each one more or less representing one of the seven deadly sins. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, I just felt that like it was kind of ill-defined and arguable that each one of them actually represented one of the seven deadly sins. But again, we'll talk more mm-hmm. about that. I mean, some uh, were
1: pretty blatant. Some were very blatant. <laughs> Certainly, I think the most blatant, blatant was gluttony. Yes. <laughs> no. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Uh, but anyway, there's seven uh, seven outlaws who are forced to band together on a suicide mission to return what has been stolen from a renegade Comanche chief in an attempt to put an end to his rampage of death and retribution. And I know that is a very short and uh, kind of simple synopsis, but much like what we talked about with the last TKO uh, publication that we covered, uh, sent- uh, Sentience, um the thing with this one is I, I just didn't want to spoil it cause uh, spoiler. I'm just going to say it right up front. I really liked this. Uh, I dug it a lot. Um, I don't know how the hell I got to be the Western guy cause Westerns really are not my genre, but, uh, I do enjoy a good Western and I thought this was a good Western. I, I really enjoyed it. It, uh, and I didn't. I'll be, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I really didn't expect to because uh, right off the bat, you know, when I when I opened up the little presentation package here, which uh, I got to be honest isn't as nice as the one for Sentient. Um, well, so Sentient
1: is a slipcover. This is more right. a book type where it Pizza opens. Box. Pizza box is a good description. <laughs> <Pizza> yes.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's it's got. Yeah. I was like, mm, yeah. You're right. Pizza yeah. Box. And and I, and I don't
0: mean don't get me wrong. I'm sorry for the, for anybody from TKO that's listening. I don't mean that to sound disparaging, but I mean that's the best analogy I could really draw. Is it's kind of like a pizza box. Um, well, and I nice. say your it's books
2: just smell not, wonderful.
0: <laughs> it's it's just not as nice as the as the slipcover presentation for uh, for sentient. But I opened it up, and again, this is six. Uh, individual comics, you know, slightly bigger than your standard comic, but basically six individual comics. And when I opened it up and I, and I got a look at um, the cover to issue one, strictly judging a book by its cover, I I didn't think I was going to like it. I really didn't. I'm not crazy about either the art style or just simply what is depicted on the cover of the first issue. Um, But, you know, I picked it up, started, started reading it and was pretty quickly, uh, hooked. I was pretty quickly captivated by this because it starts out uh, it starts out very strong and right out of the gate it really gives you uh, a feel for uh, what you're in for with this. It doesn't pull punches. Um, it's a bloody western. Um, it's got some real violence. Uh, some of it very graphic in this. Uh, it has adult language and uh, it's it's just a well told. Uh, you know uh i don't want to say grizzly's not quite that gritty i'll say a gritty western and i'm i
2: like that sort of thing so i didn't catch this before i just took all six books out of my box did you notice there's seven Uh bullet holes in the bottom of the box yes isn't that cool i just saw that i was like hey i didn't see
0: that before yeah, if you just catch it on a quick glance, it almost looks like the like the box is punctured because that's the first thing I thought is, oh, there's holes in. It. Oh wait, no, it's just it's the it's the way
2: it's illustrated, but it does it. It's it's uh, it's in. They put uh, a lot of little details in in these boxes yeah. and or the slipcases.
1: Yeah. and this I mean, one is not, a, just like the last one. This is available in the slipcase or uh, as a as a uh, trade paperback with different oh, prices. Okay. Uh, I believe they're also available digitally, but I didn't see exactly what the price was on that. Uh, now, my first thought, you know, you, you start reading something. It's called The Seven Deadly Sins, uh, and it's a Western, and they're uh, getting all these outlaws to go on a mission. So the natural comparison is uh, The Magnificent Seven. I, I, you know, I right. th- that that just jumps out at you but then as, as you read through it if you're familiar with old westerns uh, there's elements from uh, The Searchers in here and more so than The Magnificent Seven I think the characterization would be more similar to The Wild Bunch if you're familiar with that western from the early 70s uh, or late 60s, I don't remember exactly which year it came out uh, but that—that's probably even a little bit more on the money as far as this goes. Uh, the art style—we talked in the last uh, issue when we when, or episode when we when we covered sentient how that wasn't really my art style of preference, but that it kind of fit the story. Uh, I have to say the same thing for this one. Uh, it's definitely not my style. It's—it's. Uh, it's, you know, a little cartoony. The, the anatomy is definitely a little off, and I think intentionally so. I don't think it's out of a lack of ability. I think it's, you know, a choice that was made. Uh, right. But it does fit the feel for the story that's being told. Uh, it, it, it has that... Uh, you know to use the word we used last time gritty uh but almost like a dirty feel to it you know like like you know if you were out riding in, in in the old west for for two weeks just that that covered with grime feel that you'd have like that's the way this art feels uh you know, there was one, one of the criticisms I've heard about, like, some of the uh, Hollywood westerns is everybody's just too clean. You know, you're, you're in a place where, where they really didn't even have all that much running water, and yet everybody seems like they just right. took a, sh- a, a shower and, and, you know, they come out, you know, smelling like ivory soap. You know, these people in this book look like, you know, they haven't bathed in a couple of weeks in, in a lot of the instances, and it's probably more realistic to what we got in that day and age, uh, you know, than. than What we see it from Hollywood on occasions, Uh, you know, the, the characters themselves are unapologetically not nice people for the most part. Right. Uh, you know, they all they all have their own purposes but it does to some extent make it hard to root for some of them as you're reading the book like some of the, you know some of the characters who are, are your main characters you're thinking oh I don't like that guy and you kind of have to get over that feeling that you have where you want to root for your protagonist so much uh, and and just kind of take in the story you know, chapter by chapter and see where it's going to go. And, and it does, you know, I agree with you. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, but it, it definitely took a little bit more focus. Uh, you know, we, we, again, we read, we did Sentient last time. And that was a very easy book to just kind of digest and read and follow the story. I feel like this one took a little bit more effort. And that isn't yes. necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it, but it, But it definitely... Uh, it, it went a little bit, you know, far afield at times. And I do have to say, by way of criticism, there were times where I felt like the art betrayed the story a little bit, where I'm, I'm reading it and there's things happening and it doesn't look like the art was portraying exactly what I'm reading. And I kind of had to look at, go back and look it over again to see exactly what's happening. And some of that to me was the art style where I was actually confusing some characters for each other mm-hmm So, you know, I, I thought the art fit the book, and it fit the feeling of the era that you're reading it from. But it, it, you know, like I said, it wasn't totally my style, and there were points where I felt like it just lagged a little bit. Not that it was bad, but I think it lagged a little bit.
0: I would agree with you there. I really struggled to try to come up with a description of the art, and I think the best description I can come up with for the R is to me this is Darwin Cook meets um John Corbin. I think it was I think his name was John uh or maybe Richard. Richard Richard Corbin who did a lot of a lot of work for like underground like uh like porno comics and stuff. I remember he worked on like bizarre sex and stuff like that. But he had that kind of weird, kind of dirty, gritty style as well. Um, and that that's really I get that feel from like some of the really exaggerated, like uh, like the gluttony character pig or, or was it hog? I forget hog. the one character hog. Calls, hog. Yeah. The one character calls him pig all the time. Hog really is exaggerated. Um, kind of picture that big fat guy that used to hang around with spawn all the time. I can't think of the character's name, but you, you know who I'm talking about? He, he
1: was that weird, like. Demon, oh, I think like I do. I cat. never read Spawn, but I think I know who you're talking about. I've seen it.
0: That, that's kind of what it reminds me of a little bit, but not quite as exaggerated as that. But, but yeah, kind of simple. The, um,
1: uh, 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 the
2: clown, the guy that was yeah, the clown. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can't remember the name. When um, the one that John Leguizamo like, was in the movie.
0: Yes. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. he was. <laughs> But uh, I you know, like I say, I was I that was I just went for a simple synopsis on this because I didn't know how in-depth we wanted to get. I didn't know how spoilerific we wanted to be on this or or what. So I didn't know, you know, how in depth we wanted to get on the characters. But I'm glad to hear you say that about the art because I, I wasn't sure if it was just me or not. But while I like the art and for the most part I felt like this art style fit the tone they were going for in the book. Um, unlike Sentient, there were several times through this read where the art did lose me. Um, I'll never find it now. I'm flipping through trying to find it, but there was an instance in this, and I think it was in one of the, the flashbacks where I literally do not know what the panel is depicting in, in one instance. And it was kind of important in that part of the story that you follow the narrative and, and understand. The information that you're learning in a particular flashback, and there, there was this one panel where I just couldn't make heads or tails of it. I'm like, what is happening here? I just, I, I can't figure it out. So yeah, there was a couple spots that I,
2: like, I got a little sidetracked and had to stop and go, okay, what just happened? Where, who's doing right. what, and, and yeah. it, it kind of, and it reminded me a little bit of like early. Todd McFarlane spawn comics, like, okay, what's going on? What's going yeah. on?
1: Where am I? Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, As I read through this, I enjoyed the story, and I didn't feel like the art took away from it, per se. No, it, but, I, uh, but I think if we like, had, wait a minute. I think if we had, like, just thinking of, like, uh, say, like the artwork in a Jonah Hex comic of, of recent vintage, if the artwork looked like that, I think I would have enjoyed it even more. Right. So, I, you know, it's it's, it's just – and some of it is the fact that it is just not a style that I am, you know, drawn to. Uh, I did see – you know, I was just looking just to see, you know, what people were saying. And I read a review uh, of, of this particular series. And the reviewer of it gushed about the artwork, talking about how, you know, how it was – you know this person's masterpiece. So, you know, clearly, differing mind, different minds could view it different ways. And you know, I, I've always welcomed that kind of thing, but I'm not going to say, well, if he said that, then I have to agree. Right. Right. So, you not know, that, but, but just to say, like other like, other people could view it differently than we do, and might look at it and think it's wonderful. Clearly, this one person did. Uh, right. But again, I didn't think reading it. I didn't feel like the art turned me off to the point where it was like, Oh my God, I, I don't want to read this. I still enjoyed reading it. And I thought the story was very compelling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I def, I definitely liked the story. Um, and I liked the art and a lot of, I, I liked the art as the story opened up. Cause I thought it set the tone nicely, you know, with the, the um, Comanche raid on the settlement and all that. Cause Right out of the gate, you kind of get the feel for what you're in for with the story. Um, and overall, I really liked it. Uh, I felt like sometimes maybe the coloring also um, worked against some of the, the storytelling because it, 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 it's awful muddy in a lot of parts too. It's it's a little darker than maybe it needed to be, and that doesn't always help. Um, but overall, I I did like the art style. It's just as I say, with it being exaggerated and, and cartoony sometimes it was hard to follow um, but i was wondering uh i wanted to kind of go through a a list here of you know kind of the the seven deadly deadly sins themselves versus the characters that we have in the story and see what you guys thought on how things matched up because that's one thing that really struck me in this is that in one of the issues They actually start to run down the sins and compare them to the characters, but then they they don't finish the job. They kind of they kind of stop halfway through and then you never do finish up by the end of the story with a clear definition of, you know, who is supposed to be who, because. I you know I've said this a million times on this show but I'm a sucker for band of freak stories which is exactly what these what this story is this is a band of freaks in the old west I mean these people are are thrown together they don't know each other they don't particularly like each other as the story starts up but they do come together and you know kind of form a, a team almost a family in in some instances you know some certainly some characters in the story Um, You know, have a great affection for other characters, you know, that are on the team and in the story as well. Um, So I kind of thought what we were getting here was the formation of a team that maybe they themselves in the story would come to realize the, you know, the irony of their situation and think of themselves as the seven deadly sins. And it doesn't really play out that way. So. You know, it's, I'm looking at it right here. It's in issue four. In the very beginning of issue four, uh, it starts with Hogg where he has his little flashback to where he actually ate. He actually consumed some of his um, fellow soldiers when they were hemmed in um, by Union forces during the Civil War.
2: And they so were delicious. He is,
0: he is clearly uh, gluttony. And then... I'd just like see, to say I'm eating a frozen pizza right now while we're discussing this. <laughs> and then we see a flashback with the the lady thief, and she is clearly greed. And then the next one we get the actor character, who is clearly lust, given uh, what we find out about him and what he supposedly did to uh, his wife's niece. And... I'm trying to remember. There were other ones Wait, as well. The, you the slave woman. The, Wouldn't he be pride? Well, or it, it, um, I thought about that. I I'm thinking pride
1: that. might be the surgeon.
0: Yeah, see, that. that's what I'm thinking. Because initially I thought he was going to be pride because everybody refers to him as pretty boy and all of that. And he does take pride in his shooting skills. He calls himself the best shot in the West and all that. But, you know, there's also this thing with, you know, with what he did to that girl, so that was not real clear. And then, yeah, I thought Lush would be actually Marlene,
2: the actual slave girl, the woman. Well, who was
0: somebody a slave. actually refers to her as Envy though in one of her flashbacks. Um, so I thought she was supposed to be Envy
1: because she wanted the be- life that that the people who she was friends oh. with had.
0: Mm. Yeah. So that that's where I was kind of lost. So you've got you've got lust, gluttony, greed, um, sloth, and envy. That leaves pride and wrath, and those are the two that I was really torn on. Is wh- which was which? Is the is the Chinaman supposed to be pride?
1: Although he could and, be wrath because he talks about wanting to get revenge on his uh, his friend who stole his wife and his child.
0: Right, but then. Um, but I, the, I kind of
1: feel like what's his name the uh, the main the, character the no, main character yeah the the uh, what's his name the the, the soldier yeah,
0: yeah. looking it Jericho I can't remember his name Jericho Jericho yeah I thought he I, feel, was like he's, he's, I, I wrath, feel like he's he's
1: so. pride I feel like he's wrath and the and the surgeon is more pride because he talks about his abilities and all of that so right that's kind of the way I felt it played out. Now, we do have an option, by the way, when we were sent these, uh, the woman who sent them to us told us that uh, Z-Chun would be available for an interview if we wanted him. Oh, wow. So we can we can pose that question to him directly if you want.
0: That could be fun because I I really I really did like this. I I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I, I found it to be a satisfying read. Um. And it was also, you know, like I said, it was one of those things where, you know, I guess it's just a a side effect of having read just so many comics over the years. I'm always thinking ahead of the story to where I think it's headed, and I really was hoping it was headed in a direction where, where, you know, this band of people... That are kind of thrown into this situation that they were coming together, that they were forming a team, which they kind of sort of do, but not not really. They, you know, they're all thrown together for the mission, but they're, they're they have individual reasons and individual missions for why they're doing what they're doing uh, in the story. And then when everything wraps up at the end, they you know they kind of go off and do their own separate things. So they don't really form a team at the end of it either. Um, but that said, at least I found the ending to this uh, satisfying, or, or at least more satisfying than I did, you know, the end of Sentient. I liked, you know, that, that certain ends were achieved and that sort of thing. See, it's really hard to talk about this without spoiling it. But well, I, this, I liked... this
1: book does feel like it concludes. This book doesn't feel like it cries yes. out for a sequel.
0: Right, no. No, it definitely does not. But... I, I liked, you know, when you find out the the different motivations of the different characters. You know, some of them have, uh, you know, very selfish motivations, and then some of them have very noble uh, motivations as well. And I and it was fun to see, um, you know, those motivations both thwarted and fulfilled, you know, you know, by the the conclusion of the story. And I really liked that. I was struck by just how gritty and uh, and you know gory the story is because some really brutal stuff happens in this story i mean it's not for the faint of heart i will say that right out of the gate i mean you know people get scalped people get disemboweled um yeah i mean there's there's some bloody stuff that happens it, it's brutal but i kind of liked it for that you know uh, i remember you know growing up as a kid i mean westerns like i said westerns aren't my thing but my dad was was a huge western fan but i can remember growing up you know he liked the you know at the time what were the more modern westerns you know your clint eastwood and and later films like that because he'd grown up you know through the 50s and you know cowboy shows on tv where it was the old you know oh you got me sheriff and they'd fall down dead type of thing and my father was like, no, if that type of weapon that that guy just shot from three feet away hit you, it'd blow you in half, you know. And and so he was always a proponent of like the more gritty and realistic westerns. And that's what I felt like you get with this story is it, it's pretty graphic in its uh, depiction of of you know the the harshness of life in the old and death in the old west. So I, I liked that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. I, I think that is pretty accurate. I think it, it's definitely shown to be uh, a very harsh, dirty existence. Unlike, like I said, the uh, Hollywoodization of it, where they make it seem like it's just, you know, it's just a bunch of people in modern times, uh, <laughs> you know, but but just you know, the only difference is they don't have cars and TV. <laughs> you know, right. that's the way some, yeah. that's the way some of these movies feel and I, and and it's some movies that i love feel that way uh, but this is definitely more realistic in its or realistic feeling at least in its portrayal
0: yeah definitely um i didn't really have a lot of criticisms on this you know besides you know some some mild criticisms of the r other than i i found it sometimes odd the characters that were focused on while other characters were kind of given short shrift there's a reveal late in the series and i I won't spoil what it is but there was a reveal for one character that i felt was completely unnecessary like like why it didn't play into anything and rather than give us that reveal of that character that didn't go anywhere, I much rather would have gotten more story with, like, say, uh, the Chinese guy, because I found him fascinating. But we don't really learn a lot about the guy. He seems really cool, and you know, he's very level-headed and seems to handle himself very well. So I wanted to know more about him, but he doesn't—he doesn't, which,
2: we, which he doesn't really. What are you talking about? Can you type it in the chat? Because I'm drawing a blank.
0: Well, I'll, I'll say the redhead,
2: the
0: the female thief. There's a reveal about her way late in the series, and it's just kind of a throwaway. It's revealed, and then nothing comes of it whatsoever. And I just found it kind of odd. Like why why even throw that in there when was you know, that in the other things. Things.
2: In that character? No, no,
0: It's during the it's during the fight. It's during the fight at the very end, somebody somebody grabs her, and then oh. Your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I think so. (laughs) Yeah. Um but it was it's cool in the aspect of this is the first time with one of these like band of freak stories that I can remember where I really I did really genuinely like all of the characters, you know, of the team itself. Um, I, I found each one of them, you know, interesting in their own way and, uh, and pretty realistically portrayed in their own ways as well. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Now, by way of criticism, I do think, uh, I, you know, I really believe, and this, this just, I hate when it's hypocritical. I hate when we say things that go against things we've said in the past, but I felt like this story would have benefited from stretching it out a little bit more introducing us to the characters in a little bit greater detail and letting us know a little bit more of their backstories letting us know what their motivations are a little bit more clearly going into it so that by the time they band together you kind of have a feel for who everybody is and what, where they're going uh, and, I, and I think it may be in a, tr- maybe a choice by uh, Chun to uh, to have kept that kind of a little bit more mysterious but I I think I would have found it more compelling if if I could have related a little bit more to where the characters were going. Uh, there were times when I was actually confusing characters with each other as I was reading through it. So I would say that's, that's one of the things that I found to be a deficiency. Uh, again, I, I think this would have been a better nine-issue series instead of a six-issue series. I don't think you needed to go 12. I think that would have extended it probably too much.
2: You mean right. fleshed out some of the backstory and some of the characters, and just and, to, not,
1: and even if you didn't want to do the backstories, just flesh out the characters themselves—who they well, are, what they're doing, what their motivation is.
0: Well, the thought that I had, because I agree with you, I totally agree with you on that. The thought that I had was, you know, you have seven characters. The the series seven is issues. called Seven the Sins. Stretch it one more and make it seven issues, and each issue doesn't have to necessarily be the entirety of that issue focuses on one character, but they kind of sort of do that in this where we get backstory of the characters spread throughout the different issues. And some issues focus uh, on, on like one character's backstory for that one issue. So if you change the story structure just a little bit each one of seven issues could focus, you know, a little or a lot, depending on how you want to do it, on each of the characters so that by the end of the series you know who these people really are, you know, each character. Not that we really don't by the end of this, but like I say, we we definitely know some characters better than others. There there's you know, there's definitely certain characters that I felt like that that person was cool and I liked them, but I don't really know them. You know, you, you only kind of got the broad strokes of of who they are and what their motivations are, as opposed to other characters like the, you know, the pregnant woman where we know everything about her by the time the story wraps up. You know, we know exactly why she's, you know, why she was condemned. We know what she did, why she did it and the ramifications, you know, everything. Uh, other characters like again you know, i keep going back to the chinese guy because he really did interest me we only got just the broadest of strokes on that guy you know so we didn't really know him as a character and uh, and so i i felt like you know it could have been a little bit more evenly uh, distributed on the backstory of these characters and yeah so at least one more issue would have really helped with that totally agree with you
1: and all that said, I still found it to be a very enjoyable read. I just I'm always yeah. concerned when I when I level a criticism like that, that somehow somebody's going to interpret that as, oh, Paul didn't like this. No, right. I, I, you know, <laughs> despite the despite the, the, the questions I had about the artwork and the, despite the fact that I felt like there could have been more characterizations, I really enjoyed what I read. I just I mean, think I could have even, you know, I could even take it a step further.
0: This um, again. This is one I definitely could see as uh, as a film, or as you said before this this I think I could actually see much more clearly as uh, like a like a Netflix series or something, you know, like a like a you know six seven eight episode um, series.
2: And so, uh, so that yeah. being said, this is something we didn't talk about last time because in in this I had more than for this series than the last and I was trying to picture if this was a movie or a TV show who would I cast in these roles Did you well, guys did that pop into your head by any chance out of curiosity Uh
1: well with what's his name uh I forgot his name again the
2: uh Well well like the main reverend or the uh Threadgill Yeah I I see the late Richard Harris would have been good in that role.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, that's very good, actually.
2: Yeah. So I mean, he he's no longer with us, but he he was in wasn't he in Quick and the Dead, that western? With, he was uh, he was Hackman?
1: in he was in Unforgiven.
2: Uh, Unforgiven. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Maybe that's what I'm thinking.
1: Played the the Duke of Death, and uh, Gene Hackman kept calling him the Duck of Death. <laughs> <laughs> cuz i cuz i was also seeing
2: uh like uh marlene could be denia Guerrera from the walking dead
1: what about uh jericho marsh uh, denzel uh, denzel elba. washington
2: oh i thought idris elba might be better. i think idris elba is too young mm, okay i'll i'll go with denzel washington for the for the main character
1: yeah
0: I have somebody in mind, but I don't. It's it's not fully formed. It's definitely somebody I, I've seen in something in the, an older an older black actor, but I'm I'm struggling to remember what Morgan Freeman. No, not Morgan Freeman. Um, I'm struggling to remember what I saw him in recently that that brought into my mind. But there was definitely somebody I was picturing in my mind's eye as I was reading this, thinking that you know he he'd be really good you know, in this role live action, but I've, I've blanked. I can't, I can't now think of, of where I saw him.
2: Although Danny Trejo's not Indian. We, I could see him as the Indian chief guy.
1: (laughs) What about, uh, about, uh, I'm trying to think for for Jericho. Also, what, what would you think about, uh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden, uh, Giancarlo, uh, Oh yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. who played Gus on Breaking Bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's also in uh, The Mandalorian as. Um, yeah, he
1: just just the, came in at the, the, the end. Boss. Yes. Oh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah those just a few things that popped in my head, I mean, and and we could get the guy to play Otis on The Walking Dead as a uh, hog. <laughs> Or that they baby,
1: he's they, they make him so over the top in this that yeah. I almost feel like you'd have to take somebody in CGI him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was I was actually kind of thinking that as well. Yeah, especially with uh, with what happens to him toward the end of the story.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we ready to rate this?
2: Uh yeah.
0: Uh, I guess I got to go first, huh? Cause I you do uh, it's Your book. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Um, again, I'm not going to go individual covers on this. I'm going to go more the presentation. Um, the individual covers, they're, they're not bad. Um, I like the art style and everything, but none of them, I don't think any of them would have made me pick up the book off the stands. Had I seen any of these covers? Um, I do like the presentation style uh, quite a bit. I, I do wish it was more the slip case like sentient was, um, but I like the art um, that's on the cover of the the presentation case because it makes it more clear that it is a Western just by the font and the tomahawk and uh you know on the yeah back. but you know
1: what
2: uh, if you had the slipcase, you couldn't have got the seven bullet holes in the bottom of the box so. <laughs> that's true
0: that's very true yeah which is cool i really do like that um so yeah i like the the presentation of it and everything um so i'm gonna judge it more uh you know strictly on the the interior art and the story itself the interior art i like a lot i think it works very well for the story um however as you know we both noted there's uh there were some drawbacks uh, with the art as far as being able to follow every single beat of the story and, and all that. There, there were a couple panels that were confusing. Um, there were a couple of times that the narrative, you know, in the visuals lost me. And I had to try to figure out, OK, what, wait, what just happened there? Um, and again, there is at least one panel I can recall where I still never figured out exactly what was supposed to be depicted in that particular panel. So, you know, points off for that um and i and the coloring while i liked most of it um because it's very dark in the there's a lot of heavy inks and a lot of black in the story as well sometime the coloring uh all mixed together with the art style gave it a little bit darker or muddier appearance than i would have liked um Sometimes that worked really well with it because, you know, it is supposed to be a gritty Western, you know, set in the, you know, late in the 19th century. So sometimes that really worked, but then other times it it worked against it, too. So, you know, the art's not it's not perfect, but I enjoyed it for what it was. So art wise, I I think I'd go a solid uh, B minus on the art, you know, definitely some room for improvement, but I liked it overall. And then, uh, on the story, I really enjoyed the story a lot. Uh, again, I, I felt like it was a, a fun read all the way through. I mean, I blew through this, you know, six issue read very quickly. Cause I, it was really, it sucked me into the characters and I, I cared about what was happening. And, um, with, uh, the main character, damn, what is this guy's name? I keep forgetting it. Jericho, Jericho, the main character, um, I, I don't want to spoil his motivation, but I liked his motivation. His motivation made me care about his character and want to see him succeed in what he was trying to accomplish. And that's important to me. you know when when you're reading a story, any story, you've got to care about you know some aspect of it, some character, something they're doing, something they're trying to accomplish, something it's, you've got to have that hook. And as soon as I realized what his hook was, you know what he was trying to accomplish, Okay, then I was in, I was emotionally invested. Like, I want to see this guy succeed in what he does, whether he lives or dies, because he didn't care, personally, whether he lived or died. He was just trying to succeed in what he was doing. And I liked that aspect of it. So, you know, major kudos for that. And it was a satisfying ending. I, I really liked, you know, that things wrapped up nicely in this. And it, you didn't get the feel like they were just writing it, you know, with the, with the sequel in mind type of thing. Um, so... Grade-wise, um, I was going to say an A minus, but I actually liked it so much, I think I'm going to say an A. Uh, it, it's not perfect, but um, it, it's very high up there. And you know, for the overall uh, production of the whole thing, I think I'll say an A And that's mostly, you know, just for the art. The art could be a little more refined, but overall, I mean, it's it's solid. It's a good good read, and I highly recommend it.
1: You
2: or me, Bill? I'll go. Um, I was just looking up where to get. Uh, TKO comics around me there's two stores so all right. sorry I was sidetracked uh, so the covers uh, the last issue cover is really pretty cool because you've got a character holding small child and his character is in all in flames uh, it's like a very like a scene out of hell um, a lot of the other covers are really there's a lot going on. I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty involved and they're very, uh, not, I, I don't, I don't want to say graphic, but, but they they're just really stand out in, in, in your face. Um, so cover wise and, uh, you know, the presentation on the box with the seven that de- for the, you know, with the Tomahawk and the seven deadly sins and, and you know, if, if I guess, with the bullet holes, counting this as the quote-unquote cover uh, for getting you to buy something. Uh, I would give the covers overall B+, plus, A-. minus. Now, the interior art, I did have a little bit of issues following things, but listening to our discussion and thinking about it, and how, like, in, I mean, we've been doing this show for so many years, and I've been exposed now to other types of artists. And I think, could it just be because we're just not used to this particular artist? We've never seen their art, so it's kind of hard. Like, we come to expect certain things from certain artists, and we get used to how they present things in the flow, of how they tell a story. And maybe that's could be affecting our grade on that. So for the art overall, I am going to give it a b plus and the story yeah i mean we're i, I would have liked to have had a maybe a little bit more discussion for the some of the motivations of or maybe got a little bit more backstory for some of the characters other than just the their flat well this is why i'm doing this um but I still enjoy the story, so it's like an A minus B plus overall. I give it a B plus A minus for me.
1: All right. Um, cover wise, I have to say the art in the covers is a little too stylized for me. Uh, there's probably no issue here that if I saw it on the, on the racks of the comic you know, of the LCS that I'd say, oh, I have to get this one. But I do think of the six, the first and the sixth are the the ones that catch my eye the most. Um, The third is the one that looks too much over the top uh, as far as the uh, exaggerated drawing. So I would say, once again, just, just to give you a range on the covers, uh... I'm not fond of the third one. I'd give that a C minus. The first and the sixth, like I said, I think they're both kind of eye-catching. I'd probably give those a B. So that's the range we're going with on the covers. Uh, Story-wise, I enjoyed the story. I just think it would have benefited more from just a little bit more fleshing out. But, you know, on the one hand, I feel like we criticize things for being too dragged out so so often, and then, you know, to turn around and give the opposite criticism almost seems unfair. Uh, I think the story would have carried a little bit more weight if we could have gotten to know the characters just a little better, Uh, but just the same, I thought it was really good, so I think it's a B plus, A minus story. Uh, I think it could have been an A-plus story is where I'm going with that. The art is not really my cup of tea, but it does kind of fit the genre that we're reading here. It it, it kind of does well with that, but I think the storytelling got occasionally confusing. So it's kind of pluses and minuses on that, and I'm going to say a B on the, on the art. And overall, I'll give the book, the six-issue series, a B+. Cool. So that will do it for Seven Deadly Sins. I don't know that we're going to do the next one next week. I'm not sure if there's going to be a delay on it, but the next one we're going to do is a book called Sarah, which is written by uh, Garth Garth Ennis. Innes and it's drawn by steve epting so that'll be the next tko book we cover uh and uh again it might be next week it might not i don't know
2: but thank you everybody for listening
1: oh wait oh go ahead ahead.
2: for anybody that's interested i think was uh did civil war with marvel did he not yes If if i remember and wasn't he doing captain america for a while too he did some of or I did he at, at the, least some Avengers
0: because I have uh, something Avengers, I want to say a poster or something signed by by Epting. Um, there's also someone on that book. I, I unfortunately, I don't have it in front of me. Maybe one of you guys do, but there's other yeah. and there's another name associated with that that I want to say may have been one of the artists on Captain America Patriot that we did a while back. I meant to look that up. I mean, I'll look it up in time for when we actually cover that, but uh, I'm looking forward to reading that one. I haven't read it yet, but it, it just flipping through it, it looks really cool. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one.
1: So, hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that next time, and we'll see how we do. Or uh, well, we'll see how they did. <laughs> but uh, thank you, everybody, <laughs> What's the for code, listening. Paul, give them the code.
2: Give them the code. The code,
1: once again, yes, is... B A C K the number two B I N S and then the number two zero. Put that in at checkout and get twenty percent off your purchase at TKO. Thank you guys, everybody, for listening and thank you people at TKO for uh, giving us these books to check out. See you all next week.
0: Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at two 2truefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiMonzo Core of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Sit ubu, sit.